0: The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Coming down the aisle at a total combined weight of 471 pounds, Casey Cage, Chad Jackson riker Lale. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey Cage. And I am Chad Lyle. All right. We thank everyone for joining us for this episode, and and, uh, it's been a great day for me. How about you and the family? Been great, man. Got home uh, yesterday
1: off the road, just kind of uh, playing catch-up, bro, before we we get back out on the road. But, yeah, it's been a good day. We had some nice weather here, did some yard work, and letting the kid play, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're recording this a little bit ahead of time, so by the time this airs, it'll kind of be uh, old news. But I just saw – before we started recording that, uh, Dale Wilkes passed away today. Did you ever meet mm, him? I did. I did not even hear that, man. Uh,
1: so I did, I did some shows with him in South Carolina, a good Christian brother, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, man, uh, Nope. I need to dive into that a little more. I did not hear that.
0: Yeah, man. I, I, from what I read, he was, uh, 59 and massive heart attack. Yeah. He's had so. some, I think he had some heart issues last. I heard a buddy,
1: uh, my buddy is good well, knew him well, I think he had some, uh, barely had some heart
0: issues. So man, that's, that's terrible news. Yeah, it is. I I met him a couple of times. We crossed paths at some shows and he was, he was a, he seemed like a great guy. And I'd listened to some podcasts and stuff, uh, and him sharing his testimony. And man, Mm -hmm. that is an awesome testimony of how the Lord delivered him from, I don't know if you've ever heard that, but he's talking about, you know, gallon bags, hundreds of pain pills a day true man no no yeah Um, terrible yeah but uh but dude the lord delivered him and and uh you know he was speaking in churches and and doing great and like i said every time i was ever around him he, he seemed like a great guy but yeah so our thoughts and prayers are with his family and i know that's uh gotta be a rough time man Yes sir. Yeah, he is in uh in glory now, bro. So thank God that he uh gave his life to Christ not too many years ago, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the truth. So last week we uh we got into Acts chapter 2. We kind of ran through uh when the day of Pentecost had fully come and uh the disciples uh, they are they're out and they are speaking in other tongues, and there's all these different nationalities who are there for the feast of Pentecost, and they are hearing uh, the gospel preached in their own language. Man, that uh, that must have been a, a an amazing sight. I've never I've never experienced that myself, but I had a pastor friend uh, a few years ago that he was having some uh, construction work done in his church. And uh, he said he thought the, that the, the painter was gone. Uh, the painter, I think he was Hispanic or, or something. But the pastor, he was just walking down the hallway and he was praying in tongues. And, uh, and he said, after a little while, this man stuck his head out of a room He had he had the door shut and was was in this room painting and come to find out he had preached the gospel to this man in his native language. And the guy gave his heart to the Lord. And so (laughs) that's a modern testimony that I've heard. But I mean, this has got to be an awesome thing that uh, the people are witnessing here on the day of Pentecost. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I've heard a
1: few things about that as well. You know, listening to some sermons about speaking in tongues where, uh, the, the, the one who is preaching would start speaking, um, you know, whatever, there'll be a German person in the crowd or a French person in the crowd and they're speaking perfect French or perfect German, but they're preaching the gospel to them and they had never speak spoken this language before. So man, it is real. And I mean, as you can see in, in, in the book of acts, these, you know, Peter is, is, proclaiming the gospel in different, these, these different, uh, I guess nationalities or whatever are hearing their own language and they're taken aback by it. So it's just another awesome kind of sign of the Holy spirit and, and that what he gives us as believers.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says here in verse 13, that, that there were some who were mocking and uh, saying they were drunk or they were full of new wine. And, yeah. uh, verse 14 Uh, Peter, it says, but Peter standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and take heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he goes on to start quoting, uh, Joel chapter two, uh, mm-hmm. versus, you know, so, but he goes on quoting the prophecy of Joel. But I, I always, when I think about this, when I think about Pentecost, um, it's always amazed me. And I know in my life and in yours and many others, uh, When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you're changed. And Peter here, uh, the man who days prior had uh, denied Jesus three times, was terrified for his life, was afraid that he was uh, going to get killed with Jesus. He was also the man who Jesus said, told him at one point, get behind me, Satan. When Jesus was telling him I'm going to the cross and he's like, no, I'm I'm not going to let that happen. And then he tells him, you know, Hey, you'll deny me. And Peter's like, no, no, I'll never deny you. I'm, I'm, you know, all these other guys will, but I'll never deny you. And then, you know, when it actually takes place and uh, they arrest Jesus and Peter is following at a distance and there's a few different instances where uh, he's standing around and people are like, hey, he, he was with Jesus. He was with that man. And Peter's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And it, it even says that he begins swearing and saying, you know, I don't know him. I don't know him. <laughs> but we see on the day of Pentecost here, after the Holy Spirit had filled these disciples, uh, Peter stands up boldly. Mm-hmm. This is a totally different Peter uh, than he was when he denied Christ. Right, right. This is a Peter that is, as
1: we see in the first couple of chapters of Acts, that it ends up being filled with the Holy Spirit. And even I'm not sure the exact verse, but Jesus says on this rock, I will build my church. I believe is what he told Peter, mm-hmm. you know, and here's Peter, a hothead, a temper, um, but one that instantly was bold, stood up and started proclaiming the gospel, um, you know, to these people who said it. you know, at 9am in the morning, which is the third hour, which was a prayer hour for them in Jerusalem, but that it was way too drunk or way too early to be drunk, which I always laugh about. It's like, yeah. Peter goes, no guys, listen, maybe 1030, but not nine. A.m. <laughs> but, but, you know, I always laugh at that verse because he was telling them like, listen, this like what you're experiencing. And he starts proclaiming the gospel to these people and then teaching them about Christ. Who, like you said, man, two, three days before he, here he was a coward cowarding away, um, you know, denying Christ, um, getting angry over it. But then, you know, he denied Christ the third time and that rooster crows. And, and, you know, you see a scene in the passion of the Christ where Jesus looks at Peter and then he just starts weeping. He runs off and he weeps yeah. and he realizes what he did. and but I love uh, I love this in, in verse 14 where he starts he stands with the eleven and lifts up his voice and addresses this crowd and he's bold and it makes me think of as a Christian how uh, how are we are we quick to cower away if someone is to attack our faith or are we quick to cower away if the Holy Spirit you know nudges us to whether it be in a grocery store or on an airplane, go, Hey, let that person know that I love them or I'm, you know, you're praying for them. Are we mm-hmm. quick to cower away and deny Christ in the face of fear? Um, or are we like Peter right here in acts two fourteen, where he stands up and he starts to proclaim, proclaim the gospel. So that's, that's something I think we can, uh, we can really touch on today. Just, just, you know, really, I think, I know for, you know, years ago I was timid, maybe, I guess, scared, or I don't want to say embarrassed, but you know, there were definitely wasn't doing what I'm doing now about sharing the gospel with as many people as I can. And that's something I think we can, uh, we could probably veer off today and speak about that, man, speak about the great commission, what we're all called to do as believers.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I, we've <laughs> talked about it before. Uh, that was one of my biggest struggles whenever I, first gave my life to Jesus, uh, you know, we, we've talked about how, you know, when we were coming up, uh, we were brought in uh, on the pro wrestling side uh, mm-hmm. by, by hardcore pro wrestling people. And it, those guys hadn't quite morphed into the sports entertainment mentality. So, you know, we, we were taught, hey, you know, there's, there's business and there's personal, you don't mix them. Uh, you know, you've got this character, you've got to live it. Uh, and uh, no matter where you're at and, you know, I mean, and, and so whenever I was saved, uh, it wasn't long before the Holy spirit started, uh, nudging me, Hey, tweet this Bible verse or, or, uh, you know, put this Bible verse on Facebook or share this, uh, this sermon on Facebook or whatever. And I, and I'm like, ah, you know, this is my Casey cage page. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if, uh, that's, that's not really my character Lord, you know? Uh, yeah. But of course he always wins, but, always. but the Holy spirit brings boldness. And if we will just lean into him and, and, and listen to his leading Uh, you know, he'll bring that boldness out and, and you come to a place where, you know, I still catch myself sometimes missing opportunities where I'm feeling something and then a person walks away and I'm like, Oh, I blew it. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't say what I should have said. Uh, but the more you learn to, uh, be sensitive to the leadership of the spirit, the, the more you find yourself being bold in situations, the more you find yourself sharing the gospel with people.
1: I agree. And I look at it this way, man. And I think we're preaching ourselves right now as we're speaking, you know, on this podcast about being bold, but there, I feel like, you know, and, and you and I had this conversation yesterday where we had a little and t- a little idea of where we wanted to go. And I was like, well, I think we need to go this direction because there's somebody I think listening that. Is on the on the brink of, of a breakthrough, but maybe they're just a little too timid about it. But think about it this way. And and I was thinking of it last night as I was praying and and kind of preparing. If you had the cure for cancer, would you hold it to yourself? Would you, would you, would you go, okay, I got this cure for cancer. I'm just gonna keep it all to myself. I'm gonna keep this secret that could help save my family members, millions of people in the world, or would you share it? And to me, the gospel is the same. We have this gospel, the good news that it says in the Bible, and Jesus calls us to go make disciples, go share the gospel, go share the good news. We have this opportunity to share this, um, I guess, free pass to heaven, the salvation. And a lot of the times I think we're all, and we have been, maybe not as much now, but scared to share that, scared to share that good news, scared to share this remedy They can help people uh, with sickness, with depression, with anxiety, uh, whatever it may be, man. Like, just I know from my experience as a Christian that grew up in church, but then years later fell away. Like, I was depressed. I I didn't want to live. I would pray, God, don't wake me up. But when I truly got a hold of, of what the gospel meant and who Jesus was, you know, the truth, the life, the way, as it talks about in John 14, 6, that. It spoke to me and it changed my life. That mean that every day's, you know, uh, cupcakes and whatever. But you know, it means that I have this remedy that I know that I can go to. So, would you hold this, like, this cure for cancer to yourself, or would you share it with the world? It's a shame. It's just, it's even more with the gospel because this is our opportunity to share Jesus with a dying world uh, or family members or whatever, man. So it's just so, so important. And I believe that's what Peter did there in 14. He had the opportunity like you and I were talking about a few minutes ago to hear these people, you know, mocking them, talking about they're drunk. He could have said, all right, guys, let's go. These people don't want, you know, they don't want to hear it. But no, 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 no. He didn't do that. He stood up. He was bold and he proclaimed the gospel.
0: Yeah, he did. And, and as, as we read on, we'll even see where, Uh, You know, obviously there was a bunch of the religious leaders uh, who Peter denied Jesus in front of uh, when Jesus was arrested. But there there apparently was a lot of them in this crowd because uh, you find Peter at one point uh, telling the crowd this Jesus whom you crucified Mm -hmm. was raised from the dead and and so i mean that is the ultimate boldness to stand in the presence of these people who who had crucified jesus and to to be able to have that place in in his heart and in his mind and the comfort of the holy spirit letting him know it, it don't matter what happens right now my my life is about sharing Jesus and, and he stands before all of them, not in fear of being crucified like Jesus uh, and says that Jesus who you crucified was raised from the dead. And so, I mean, that's amazing boldness of the Holy spirit and you can only credit it to the Holy spirit coming. Um, sure. Luke nine 23 And 24, these are some of my my favorite verses, and it really, uh, really showed me what it was to be a true follower of Christ. Jesus says, it says, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And, Amen. and you know, what he's saying there is deny who you are, your, your talents, your abilities, your willpower, uh, everything that is special about you or that you think, uh, you know, you could, Uh, work your way to earn brownie points with God or whatever. You just place your faith in the finished work of Christ. You lay down your life and, and you will be saved. And that's, it's, it's a powerful thing when we come to the place where we can spiritually lay down our lives and give it all to Jesus and decide that my witness is the most important thing. I, I tell, mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, May 6, 2012, when I humbled myself and surrendered to Jesus, my life was no longer about case anymore. Right. My life was about sharing Jesus and being the representative, as the Bible calls us, ambassador being that witness for Christ for the rest of my life. That's what my life is all about.
1: Yeah. We're reborn into that new creation. We're renewing our mind. You know, we're, we're learning to not conform to the ways of the world as it says in Romans 12 two. Yeah. You know, and I, and I'd like to go to um, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which kind of, you know, you see in acts two fourteen where Peter stands up because I think he remembers The commission, the great commission that it speaks of in Matthew 18 and and, in the verses. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And I love this part. It says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, Jesus promised numerous times that if we abide in him, you know, he is the branch. We are the vine. i believe. no way. Is that the right way to say it? I think, I think about <laughs> swap around. He's the vine. We're the branches. There you go. So without him, we can do nothing. But he, he's, he told us many times in the gospel, as we read that he would, he would live in us. The father would reside in us. They would make their home in us. And that says so much. And it shows here, you know, when Peter stands up and starts proclaiming the gospel that, you know, the Holy spirit lives in us. And I think it, you know, I looked up with the term disciple and a disciple, uh, it says a disciple attached himself to a teacher. He followed him. He emulated him such as we are to do with Jesus and and letting Jesus shine. And like you mentioned, man, you, you were saved in 2012. And then there was moments where you're like, I don't know, man, that's, that's not my character kind of thing. Hey, I went through the same thing. And I think that people listening today, uh, even our fellow church members will sit in church on a Sunday and on a Monday, the, you know, the, the, the Lord will, will prompt them to say something or do something and they might go, Oh, that's not, man, that's not my character. I can't do that. Like, you know, I have this social media status or, you know, I'm, I'm the head of this major, major company. And if I start talking about Jesus, people going to think differently of me or whatnot, but that's not what Jesus calls us to do. He calls us to be bold. And I, and I like in Ephesians six nineteen, Paul prayed and asked friends to pray for him as well, that he would boldly declare the gospel, that good news. And I think that's something we can pray over ourselves daily, pray over our families daily is just to have that boldness, like Peter, like Paul, like the, like the other disciples who went in and shared this gospel to a dying world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, that is one of my, one of my regular prayers. I have preached uh, things, you know, that, uh, you ever have those messages when you go to the pulpit or the the Lord's laid something on your heart. And it's like, uh, it's not something that you're wanting to preach. I mean, it's, it's a, it's controversial. It's a, Mm -hmm. it's something that, uh, you know, really tears at the fabric of society or something like that. But you know, the Lord lays something on your heart and you, I mean, I've, I've had times where, I've been like, Lord, you've got to do this. Yeah, you know, I don't I you know there was there was actually a message, man, and this one is probably the most personal one. Uh, and it was a, a really hard thing for me to do, but I was gonna be preaching on a on a Sunday evening, and uh, while we'd went to church and come home. And the Lord had been dealing with me about this message all week. And it was talking about it was talking about coming clean about everything and and talking about how some of the things, sins and things that I had been through, uh, you know. Letting people know I'm not perfect, uh, but the blood of Jesus washed me clean and he can do it for them this message was so heavy that we went to church that sunday morning and we came home and we were laying in the bed uh taking a little evening nap and the holy spirit just started really burdening me to come clean to my wife yeah about things that had happened years before before we were even saved um and i had to i had to sit and come clean about things and dude that was that was a really hard thing but uh i ended up going and preaching that message and the holy spirit moved so strong that night but that's what happens when we obey the spirit no yep. uh, obedience with obedience, the Lord's always going to do something uh, in a great way. And even mm. even though we don't feel a lot of times like stepping out of that comfort zone, uh, whether it just be talking to somebody on the job or whether it be, you know, preaching in front of a congregation, uh, when we are obedient to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, he's going to he's going to produce good things. Something's going yep. to come out of it because he always knows uh, who's going to be listening and what they need to hear. Yeah.
1: And you talk, you know, you talk about that, man, like coming, coming clean. And I, and I think of being set free. Like, you know, we talked about that cancer cure. Well the gospel is this cure to be set free from this bondage of your past sins, past mistakes. And there's moments where we got to come clean. I've, I've had to do it to, to my wife um, I've had to do it to friends that i had asked forgiveness for, for, you know, my stupid drunken days back in, you know, back years ago that, that I did things or said things to them. I've had to come clean, man. And what, what it did was it allowed me, I think it was the Holy spirit or it was the Holy spirit convicting me and saying, Hey, you gotta be set free of this stuff. And once you are, then we're allowing him to work even more in our life. And you're using this as a testimony to, to, you know, preach to, uh congregation or whatnot. I mean, there's many times I've stood in front of these youth groups. I mean, these high school, middle school kids who don't know me from Adam, and started spilling my guts out that, you know, if you would have said 10 years ago, hey, when you're 30, whatever, 38, 39, you're gonna be preaching to these, you know, uh, age limits all the way from 12 to 18 and talking about your, you know, pornography addiction, your pill addiction, your drinking, your stupid nights. I don't be like, you're out of your mind. I'm not sharing this stuff with these kids, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, through wanting to become or wanting to, I guess, pursue being a better disciple. uh, I I do. I go and I stand on the platform and whether it be to a, a church or a youth group or, you know, whatever opportunity I get, I'm. I'm, I'm setting myself free and sharing my test- testimony because, you know, just as well as me, brother, some people you approach to share the good news with. And if you start preaching Bible verses to them, they're quick to go, whoa, brother, I'm shutting this off. But let me yep. tell you something that the power of our, the words of our testimony, as it says in the Bible, are our power. The words of our testimony, when you have a friend that's battling depression and you say, hey, brother, let me, let me talk to you about when I was depressed and when I prayed to the Lord every night for six months, God, please don't wake me up. Let me tell you how I was set free from this. And that's how you can etch your way in and start sharing who Jesus is, you know, and real quick, and I'll shut up and let you talk, uh, Matthew 28, you know, I looked up the Greek meaning of go and it, and it says the Greek meaning for go was, was going, so Jesus told these disciples to go, but we're, what he really was saying is you're you're going. There's no, you know, you, you don't have a choice. So I think he, you know, the Holy Spirit lets us know, man, we don't have a choice. Like once we give our lives to Christ, uh, He doesn't want us sitting idly in a pew on a Sunday morning and then Monday through Saturday doing nothing with this, this man, this um, this treasure that we hold. You know, I mean, honestly, it is. It's this treasure, and once you start reading this Word, this Word of God. This logos, like it is this treasure that you have to share with somebody. Cause if you don't, it's just like, what are you doing with it? You you, you you know, what are you doing with it? So I think we're going, brother. We're not just go, it's not just go, it's it's your
0: going. Yeah. Yeah. We we have we are called to go. And and the yes, we're called to lay down our lives and be a an example of Jesus and we're not perfect. We, we fail daily, but that's no excuse to decide that we're going to live in that failure. Just because we, just because we sin, uh, or miss the mark does not give us the permission to, uh, to continually live in that sin. And, you know, a lot of times as Christians, uh, we will look at other Christians and we'll say, oh, well, you know, they're drinking, so we can, we can do that. Or, or they're, -hmm. they're, they're using this kind of language. We can do that, this or that. But what we've got to understand is uh, everyone, even Christians are flawed and they are not our goal. Uh, They are not what our aim should be on. Our aim should be on Jesus. He is our standard, not other Christians. So just because we may see others doing things does not give us uh, the the go-ahead to do these things that they're doing. Right. Our witness is ever so important. And, you know, there's so many who may never read the Bible, but they will read us. And as we as we know from hearing about all these uh, public ministry scandals and all this stuff that has happened throughout the years, it, people are always looking at Christians and trying to find a failure, and and when there's a failure, it's going to be exploited, and and they are going to try their best to to destroy everything. And and what that is, is the enemy trying to weaken our faith. Uh, But, but we, we've got to, we've got to come to the conclusion that our witness for Jesus is the most important thing in our lives. And, uh, and when we do, and when we obey that leadership of the spirit, man, blessings follow. It is is such a blessing to to, share Jesus with someone or just share, you know, your testimony with someone and watch maybe, maybe even at that moment, they're not, they don't surrender their life to Jesus. Mm -hmm. But when you share what Jesus has done in your life, you can see the Holy spirit begin to work on them. Right. Right. You're planting those seeds, man. You're,
1: you know, we're called to be the salt and the light what we're doing is when we share this, this good news with somebody, you may not get a a growth right there, right then and there, bro. And you may never see it. You may preach to somebody. I've preached this many, many youth, many, many churches. And, you know, not every time someone's decided to give their life to Christ, but 10 years from now, just like things that have happened to me or people who've spoken into my life, 10 years from now, that could be the moment that clicks to them. And they remember one small thing I said, there was a seed that planted and continued to grow over the years. So that's why it is so important for us to not just sit in a pew and, um, you know, get comfortable with allowing our pastor to quote unquote, be the minister. You know, the pastor's there for a reason to shepherd and lead us to, to give us more knowledge of the, the word, um, And, and pretty much (laughs) to help make disciples, you know, and our goal is to go out into this world because, you know, we're, we're able to reach a certain area where maybe our pastor can't, we're able to reach, you know, these secular businesses we work for or friends and family who don't go to church because they've been done wrong or they don't believe or whatnot. We are the ones who can share this good news with how we live, how we act, how we react. And ultimately, with our testimony, like you mentioned before, brother.
0: Amen. Ephesians chapter four. This is some of my favorite stuff. Whenever I realized what this was actually saying, uh, it, it just floored me. Ephesians chapter four, beginning at verse 11, it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ okay so the fivefold ministry was yeah. giving given to equip to build up and strengthen the saints which is us the the regular old church goer the the pew sitter We are supposed to be being strengthened by our pastor or the leaders in ministry so that we can go out and do the work of the ministry. It's not just the fivefold, the fivefold leaders who are called to do the work of the ministry. They are there to equip us, us to go out. To, to preach the gospel to everybody. So, you know, many people will say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not called to be a preacher. I'm not called to be a pastor. No, but if you're a Christian, uh, you are called to preach the gospel. <laughs> yeah. You're called
1: to be a minister. And you look at, <clears throat> look at what Jesus did with the 12. He was equipping, equipping the 12. He was, he was guiding them and teaching them and instructing them because he knew that his ultimate mission was to die for our sins. And after he left, if they weren't for these 12 who were obedient, who were, um, you know, the Holy spirit was poured upon them because they could have easily taken this treasure and once again, just kept it to themselves. But no, he was equipping them, equipping them to go out and share this good news. And, and I heard something today uh, from Tim Keller. I've been listening to a lot about where he said that, um, when the storm came and Jesus came walking on water, Peter stepped out on the water. Yes, Peter started to sink because he took his eyes off Christ, but he said something very uh, awesome that resonated with me. Peter was the only one to step off that boat. everybody else stayed stayed on that boat, man. So my question to the listeners today to myself today is I can ask myself to ask myself this every day I wake up. Will I step onto that water and take Jesus' hand and say, okay, lead me today? Or will I sit in that boat and go, man, I I don't know. I'm a little scared. I I, I don't know. I don't know if I can share this today with this person who's sitting beside me on the plane or, you know, whatever it may be. Will I be like Peter? And will I, will I step out in faith and allow Jesus Christ to lead me? Uh, I just found that to be awesome. I heard that today, man.
0: Yeah, that is, that definitely is. Peter's the only one that got out of the boat (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The old Peter, the old disgruntled, denied three times, cursed. Brother, yeah. he's I mean, it's it's amazing. The the I read a good book. Um uh man, I forgot the name of it. Anyway, it's a book that's basically about all of these, it's called Divine Mentors. Anyway, it it practically touches on all these different mentors throughout the Bible that we have. And if you look at every single one of them we think we're bad. We think we're not perfect. Well, the Lord used King David He used Peter, Paul, all these others, like, you know, Mary and, and so many others to as mentors for us throughout this amazing word of God that we can use, uh, to learn from and
0: to share who Jesus is by how they did, you know? Yeah. He can, he can use anyone, uh, who will just surrender.
1: Amen. Brother. Uh,
0: so, so, Listen to that today. I mean, you know, for those of you
1: who are tuning in, I just felt led to say, you know, if you're sitting somewhere and you feel like what you've been through in life, if, 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 if you know, there's no way God can use you. Well, I'm here to tell you he can because he used uh, a kid that's from Hickory, North Carolina, who was saved at 17 in the year 2000, um, started partying and drinking and doing all these other things, many times cursing God, many times wondering if God was even real. Well, I'm 39 years old now, and I can tell you that he's, he's, he's as real as it comes, and that Holy Spirit has is, is just filled me so much to the point of all I want to do is just talk about Jesus to people so he
0: can use you. Amen. Definitely. I, I think that's a good place to end, but before we wrap it up, I want to read this. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. The gospel- How amazing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, so- go I got to say something.
1: How amazing you read that brother. This is the God honest truth. I'm mowing my grass earlier today and all I, I listen to worship music or whatever podcast while I'm mowing and all I can say for probably five minutes straight as I am not ashamed because I knew what we were going to talk about tonight. I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. And I couldn't remember what Bible verse it was, but here we are at the end of this podcast and you read that Bible verse and it's just, <laughs> golly man, emotion. It's just it reassurance that that the Holy spirit uh, guides
0: us brother. So, and that's amazing. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Yes. All right, guys. Well, we love you. We thank you for listening. Be sure to share this. And if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, prayer requests, uh, email wrestling for the faith at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at real casey Cage. and me at Jackson
1: Riker WWE. And that's on Instagram and Twitter.
0: All right, guys. God bless you. Mm -hmm. God bless. Wrestling for the Faith is now available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com and search Wrestling
1: for the Faith.